what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? It is Tune In Tuesday. Tune In Tuesday. So if you are not currently subscribed to this podcast, make sure that you do. But as a reminder, we go live on Tuesdays. If you also want to read more about the podcast episode or get a description detail, you can follow me over on Instagram as well. And there's a quick link on my website to all of those things. So visit julianapage.com to do all the things. So today we're going to talk about something that feels awful. <laughs> And I'm going to help get you to the other side or at least show you a pathway to the rewards and the benefits of getting to the other side. So we're going to talk about a faith crisis, a faith crisis. Okay. Now to describe the awfulness of what this feels like, it's essentially questioning your beliefs on all levels, right? You start to question who am I? Why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? What is the meaning of my life? And you really start going into a lot of self-reflection. You can isolate, but there's a whole lot that you start really trying to evaluate and examine in your life without having answers. And it continues. And so you can almost feel as if you're spiraling. And there's a term that's out there, if you want to do some research on this, called the dark night of the soul. And essentially how I describe that is you are going along and then you step into some cognitive dissonance, which is really when your reality doesn't match what you know or what you thought you knew. So everything as you knew it to be has changed and that creates dissonance. It doesn't, your your circumstances are not lining up with what was true for you. So now you have to re-examine what is true. What is truth? Okay. If this was true and it actually is not, what does that mean for me? What am I going to believe? What is the meaning that I'm going to assign to this, right? So that that creates a lot of dissonance and unrest and just discontent in your soul. There's dis-ease happening in your soul. Your mind, I call it monkey mind. Your mind is going all over the place. Your emotions can feel really unstable. You're not entirely sure how to manage them. You're processing a lot of feelings, all of them, right? And a lot of times we want to run from feelings. And then you're also evaluating things that are in your life, your relationships, your career, uh, how you're spending your time, what you're invested in, what you're committed to, what you trust, what you don't. So it can seem like you hit rock bottom and then you soon discover that there's a a deeper level of bottom that you didn't even know you could get to. (laughs) So while you thought you hit bottom, you kept going, okay? And so this journey can feel absolutely insane as you're walking through it and can feel very polarizing. It can feel very uncomfortable, right? And it can be difficult as well to connect with people at this time or to express yourself because you you yourself are questioning your integrity and what you know and you feel crazy. So it's it can be challenging. But the hope that I want to bring you today is if you continue to grow through what you go through, if you surround yourself with accountability and a team of trusted, wise counselors that can pour into and encourage you and give you perspective and guide you to a next step, right? If you choose to grow through what you are going through, you will be given or presented with the opportunity to decide to rise, right? So you can stay in that funk and spiral into depression and really dark places. It's like everything in your soul is dark, okay? So your your mind, there's a lot of negativity and doubt and fear and anxiety swirling in there. Your emotions, you just feel 
pessimistic or overwhelmed or just victimized somehow, right? And then your will, you don't quite know what to to invest in and, and really how to exercise self-control and self-discipline, right? So your soul is dark, but you can choose to rise, right? So you can, you've probably heard false evidence appears real. False evidence appearing real is fear, right? But you can basically feel everything and rise, Okay, so you can choose in this this path or this journey, right? And this can be a seasonal thing. This can be a healing journey. It's really helpful to be able to just have the understanding in your being that this is not permanent, that I'm transitioning into a new place, that I'm transitioning into a new level. I'm determined to keep going. I'm determined to keep growing through this, okay? And as you continue to grow, you are met with the opportunity to rise, okay? So that's essentially what a faith crisis is. It can feel, again, very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. So I will highlight some of the things, too, from some research to help give you more context. But a crisis of faith is a painful experience when we begin to doubt our beliefs, and it can cause grief or confusion for us as individuals, as well as a sense of disconnection from God, okay? And this relationship can really fluctuate based on our acceptance of self and our acceptance or ability to receive God's love, okay? So often this can happen uh, from loss, from the shift in identity somehow. So an example of that, maybe you used to identify with what you do, right? So you, you formed your identity around what you do and then you lost your job. Or maybe you were a professional athlete and then you got injured and you no longer can perform as you once did or get a sense of identity around your athleticism, right? Or maybe there was a divorce and you're no longer connected to somebody that you thought you were going to walk your whole life out with, right? And, and now what does that mean? Who am I? What is my, what's happening here, right? So it causes, again, some sort of disconnect or inner crisis, okay? So those are some examples of how that can happen, okay? And it's a call to firm up your faith, okay? Because really, faith like love is an element that bonds together relationships and it's what connects us with God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So we can lose faith like we lose love for many reasons. And loss comes from misunderstandings, personality conflicts, tragic circumstances, trauma, ill treatments, and sometimes even our own ignorance. We just didn't know better, right? So we couldn't do better. Okay, so those are some examples. Now, what does the word of God say that faith is? The dictionary will tell you that faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Okay, so for a believer, you're putting that total trust and confidence in God. I don't know, but I do know the one who does know. This doesn't make sense to me, but this is not a surprise to God, right? You can firm up your faith by making sure that you put it in something solid, okay? Faith is also, according to the dictionary, a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a spiritual religion, okay? It's an inner attitude, it's a conviction or a trust relating to humans and our connection with God, okay? Now, what does the word say? Because that's really what we're here for over at Spirit-Filled Real Talk. We want to know what is real, what is true, what we can stand on, what is solid, right? So... Hebrews 11.6 is the one I just mentioned. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, number one, and that two, he rewards those who seek him. Okay? I remember this next verse being huge for me in the beginning of my faith walk. Romans 10.17. So faith comes by hearing. I need to hear it. I need to be encouraged by it. Encouragement literally means to pour courage into, okay? So I need to have courage poured into me to firm up my faith. But faith comes by hearing and specifically hearing through the word of God, okay? So if I just hear an affirmation, if I just hear 
a really good motivational video, that is not necessarily going to impact my faith. It might sound good, it might feel good for a minute, but I need to know the truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, okay? Now, Hebrews 11, if you just want to study Hebrews 11, that's where you can really lean into faith building. But faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So I like to say that there are levels of belief, okay? There's there's the point where I just don't believe at all. <laughs> I might even be in sarcasm or skepticism. I just don't believe. I don't have faith in that at all, right? In fact, I actually have a lot more fear and doubt and insecurity about that thing. That's a level. Then I might move into hope. Well, I hope that's possible. I hope that could be true for me. And I'm starting to feel like maybe it could be. That that would be great if, right? And then there's another layer where I just know. Like, it's inevitable. Like, it's happening. Like, I'm tracking with it. And when I get to that level where it's inevitable... I stay in preparation mode. I stay in training because you don't have to get ready if you stay ready, right? So because I know this is going to happen, my work is to walk like it, to talk like it, to think like it, to believe like it, to embody it until it happens, right? So that's a different level of faith. So I like to call this conviction a knowing, I don't question, I don't wrestle back and forth anymore, I don't entertain doubt, I don't entertain lies, I don't let my fear take over. I'm just sure, I'm certain. I know it's gonna happen even though I don't have evidence, like I just know. Whether I received a prophetic word, whether I've just gotten so much affirmation from God and walking with God and hearing God and knowing that I'm tracking with him, I know that this thing is gonna happen without a doubt in my mind. I just know. It's believing without wavering. So it's holding steady to the truth consistently, one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. It's programming belief in you until it's a knowing. Does that make sense? So that's how I really work with clients. I move them up through levels of belief so that they can actually become the person that they're desiring to be for their vision of that next level that they're often trying to get to. Okay, so Mark eleven twenty two says, Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith, not sight, okay? And a lot of a believer's journey is getting to stages of belief where we do walk by faith, not by sight, where I am going to follow through on this thing because that's obedience for me and that's better than anything else I could do, right? So you believe who God says he is. You believe God exists and you believe that he will reward you as you seek him, right? Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths, which means you don't have to. (laughs) And Luke 1, 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. So powerful. When thinking about your own salvation, right? Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God. First Corinthians 2, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Man may be weak, man may fail, but I'm putting my faith in the power of God, okay? So again, it's this assurance, it's this conviction, it is this knowing. So We live in a time and a season, I'm sure you have noticed, that it's it's really not a time to be underestimating or to be questioning your faith and what you believe in. This is not the time to underestimate yourself. In fact, this is the time to be strong and firm in your identity, to be rooted and grounded in Christ, to have this inner conviction of who and whose you are. Those two things. You've got to know in this time and in this season who and whose you are. That has to be something that you are 
sure about or that you pursue building that sense of certainty with God to create in your life. Because when you don't know who you are, you are vulnerable. You are vulnerable to believe lies that the enemy will try to plant. You are vulnerable to the opinions of man. You are vulnerable to social media and getting offended. You are vulnerable out in the world when you are not certain and sure of who and whose you are. Okay? So when I was talking about choosing to grow through what you go through, you can use a faith crisis as a blessing, as an opportunity to do a deep dive into developing your faith, which is really also developing your character, okay? Because the truth is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of self-control. Okay, so the Holy Spirit that resides in us turns us into completely different humans to lead, build community with, and to have relations with. We are not the same person, but a lot of us are not trained to live and operate as a new creation. We're, we're trained to live like the old unconscious programmed one. We have unconscious programming, whether that's from, you know, what we observed and learned from our parents, what we learned in education, what we've learned from the, the world, what we've learned from media. We, we've built a lot of unconscious programming, meaning we haven't done it intentionally. We haven't done it from a place of being awake, right? Our eyes were enlightened and we continued to really just repeat patterns of behavior and thoughts and expression that, that weren't the true or most authentic expression of who we are, okay? But by the power of the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can activate this new creation self and, and that can become your new normal, okay? Because the truth is we are people who are created to be free and powerful, okay? In the world, most organizational structures don't create this dynamic, okay? Often they think of hierarchy in terms of power, more power and less power, right? So if you think of an organization or a company, there's typically those that have power that manage those that have less power. That's typically what you see. But the reality is you will never, whether that's in a business, a corporation, or in any other kind of relationship dynamic in your life, you will not honor people that you think you can control. You won't. Test it out. You won't. So moving together as people in mutual respect and love is what really creates powerful relationship dynamics, okay, and powerful organizations and powerful companies. So there's so much to understanding your personal power and unleashing it, right, or activating it. You've got to activate it first to unleash it. So this is not something that is just done overnight. That's why it seems like the journey is long. There's long suffering that is developed when you are really starting to question and evaluate your own faith, right? And that is a blessing if you continue to keep going because that process is what brings the surety. It's what shores up your faith, okay? And we don't talk enough about stewarding our own personal power. We don't do it. And Jesus is our example, right? He, if you just picture Jesus in the garden, on his journey, you know, he's tracking and things get bad and messy and then they get worse before they get better, right? Like there was a a whole lot of, of mess and then it gets worse. And then Jesus died, right, before he resurrected. So this whole journey is often a metaphor for what we go through sometimes, right? Like we start questioning things and we start having to deconstruct and reconstruct what we believe. So it looks messy and it gets worse, but a lot of times people don't give us permission to feel and you can't fix what you won't face. You can't heal what you won't feel. So a lot of times if we continue just to give ourselves permission to feel and trust that, okay, yes, it's normal for things to get worse before it gets better. And that I'm going to continue to see this all the way through for the joy set before me. So sometimes it's helpful to recognize that on the other side of this, you will get to access whatever that is for you. On the other side of going through this process, I'm going to step into greater wholeness, greater freedom, greater... Uh, peace in my soul, greater clarity, greater wisdom, greater understanding, a, a stronger sense of who I am, more confidence, right? Like, and all of that is worth the journey. Like, I am worth that process. 
I am worth it, right? And I'm, I'm actually excited about who I'm going to emerge as, even though this feels really uncomfortable right now, okay? We don't talk about that enough. So the kingdom of God is not religion. It's not based on a hierarchical system, right? We're created in the image and likeness of a triune God that operates relationally. We have God, we have Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, right? So many of us, though, aren't trained to relate with God, and many of us aren't trained to be powerful or just to be empowered people in the world. In fact, we're trained to be orphans. We are. We're trained to be disconnected from God. We're not trained to be aligned with God. Okay? So powerful people, though, don't tell other people what to do. Powerful people are actually successful at telling themselves what to do, and they actually do it because they have the spirit of self-control. And having the spirit of self-control activated requires tons of responsibility, but also brings tons of freedom. We need the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to guide us and to show us how to show up as powerful people. And that is something that you can lean on in a faith crisis. You can lean on the Spirit of God for guidance to help you develop the fruit of the Spirit, whether it's patience, meekness, self-control, long-suffering, whatever the fruit of the Spirit that Holy Spirit really wants to develop in you, you can choose to lean in and really see, God, what are you teaching me in this? What are you developing me in this? What, what are you guiding me into? Help me to see this from your perspective. You can choose that, right, to really change your perspective and help God really mold and shape you, right? He is the potter and we are the clay, Okay, it's important to know that freedom without responsibility is selfish and it's destructive. (laughs) That's just real talk right there. Right. And it's often scared or fearful, scared or fearful. There we go. People who want to control scared people want control. Free people don't need to control. Okay, so. How you you really start shifting in this process of a faith crisis from going to little faith, questionable faith, a lot of self-doubt to conviction and full assurance and confidence and knowing we must manage ourselves towards love. We have to manage our soul. We have to get our soul to submit to the Holy Spirit, meaning we're, we're doing a process of taking thoughts captive. We're managing our emotions. We're feeling our feelings. We're not judging them or condemning ourselves. We're feeling them and really learning from what they're holding up for us and what they're teaching us. We're evaluating what we've stored up in our hearts, right? Because our soul is our mind, our will, and emotion. So we're basically flooding our soul with light. How do you do that? Well, Jesus is is the way, the truth, the life, right? So you you can learn about who Jesus is. You can read the word of God. You, you can commit to developing a relationship with God and just start using your faith to believe that you can actually hear God and be led by God, right? You can start practicing a devotional and, and journaling every day and writing down prayers and de- and declarations and declaring them over yourself. There's many things that you can start doing, right? But the, the work is actually showing up and doing it, okay? Now, think about this. If we live in a global orphanage, quote unquote, right? The only remedy to that is the Father, is God. With relationship with God, the Father, we transform from being orphans, from being victims, from being unseen, powerless, uncovered, scared, afraid, defenseless, right? We transform from being orphans to dearly loved sons or daughters of God. Totally different ways of showing up in the world, okay? And again, Jesus being the model, Jesus came to the world to show the world the Father, to show the world God, to to really help us develop relationship with God and, and model that for us, right? Because typically what happens and what can happen when you're in a faith crisis is you can isolate. And that is a very dangerous place when you isolate, when you shut yourself off from faith and from community. That's really where the enemy can start messing with you, right? And where we start doing things our own way. And when we do things our own way, what happens there is we have permission to be dishonoring. Hear me out. We get to pick and choose 
who we are going to dishonor. So the people we dishonor are typically the people that don't remind us of ourselves because we really only want to honor ourselves and others. You know, so the people that make us feel good or reflect back to us the qualities that we like about ourselves, we honor those people and then we dishonor people that make us uncomfortable or make us confront things that we don't like. You've probably seen this play out before. You might even be thinking of a time where you've shown up that way, but that's not how honor works. So when we carry the father's value of honor, now we have the capacity to honor ourselves and then other people. And you can read about that in 1 Peter. But who does that leave out? Nobody. So Jesus takes this this concept even further, instructing us to love our enemies. A lot of people, this this really messes up (laughs) their, their belief system, right? Who do we then have permission to dishonor and hate according to the word of God? Nobody. Nobody. Not even ourselves. Okay? And in the faith crisis, that's often what we do. We start developing a lot of awareness, but awareness by itself is dangerous. We need to to reflect, but with God, okay? So that we don't go into guilt, shame, judgment, condemnation, and a lot of heavy, dark things. So the next time, just think about this, the next time you find yourself judging, ridiculing, being disrespectful, or dishonoring towards someone, you better ask yourself where you got permission to behave, think, and value like that. Because you did not get that from heaven. That is not what flows from heaven, right? And if we are ambassadors for Christ, if we are citizens of heaven, that's what we want to align with. That's what we want to learn about. That's what we want to embody. That's what we want to be about. We want to become more Christ-like. That is our, our mission. That's how we share God with the world. God is a unique expression through us, right? Like our life is our ministry, okay? So the media... And the world, however, are unrelenting in trying to get us to fall into dishonoring conversations, baiting us into division, and really enticing us to be completely unaccountable. So if you just picture social media and like the people that will just hurl such negativity and judgment and condemnation and shame onto people without any accountability, thinking that behind their computer screen, they're just safe, right? But... (laughs) <laughs> what you sow, you shall also reap. So we're, we're not here. That's not how you are demonstrating power. That's also how you're demonstrating weakness in reality, okay? So the truth, no chaser here, is that we all, even in a faith crisis, and this is the hard truth, we all, even in a faith crisis, can manage our minds, our emotions, and our behaviors. No excuses, particularly if you are connected to the Spirit of God. Okay, now offense is one of the most effective tools that the enemy uses to get people in isolation and into powerlessness. And this can happen again when our beliefs are unstable. Okay, but it's connection, it's communication and boundaries that really help us to win the war in our spirit between two counselors. Okay, and these two counselors are at war with each other. And so it's really important that you recognize this. Okay. The two counselors, particularly in a faith crisis, what we are warring against is the counselor of fear, right? And the counselor of love. And we get to choose our counselor every day and in every situation. So if we create the habit of choosing the counselor of fear, it will become easier and easier to do, to live bitter, to live offended, to live judgmental, to be condemning and to be punishing and controlling. It will become your character from the repetitive nurturing of that cycle. I think something offensive, I start to feel offended, and then I behave from that offense, usually in anger, usually in frustration. I say something that I can't take back, <laughs> and I'm I'm prophesying my future with my words, even if they're negative, right? And if I keep living out that pattern, my life is going to look like what is happening inside of me. Okay, and that's not empowering in this instance. All right, repentance then is to turn and to literally, with all that you've got, to to lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So what that means is you you can listen for and choose love 
first, okay? So to break this down, a, situ- a situation can happen. You get scared. You feel triggered. You feel unsafe. You feel vulnerable. You feel exposed, right? And this is when the spirit of fear is going to listen and tell you that you need to react, that you need to show them X, Y, or Z, that you need to do these things, right? And it's going to be an impulse, okay? Reaction is like an impulse, right? But the spirit of love says, remember who the father is. Remember what he has said and what he wants, okay? There, there was a time where, you know, there was these bracelets and all sorts of swag that said, what would Jesus do? But it's, you know, you can say that in any sort of way that makes sense to you. How would heaven show up here? What is God leading me to do here? How would wisdom handle this situation, right? Because if you read Proverbs, wisdom is described as a very feminine force, right? But if you trust her, if you listen to her, you will you will be favored. You will be blessed. You will be protected. You will be covered. You will be guided, right? So you can develop wisdom even just by reading Proverbs, right? But this is really revealing how God would handle a situation and putting God's perspective onto a situation so that you can respond versus react. And now... In this instance, right, of this situation where you feel unsafe, you feel afraid, and you get to choose your counselor, you have a different set of options in how you respond. So really and truly, going through a faith crisis or growing through a faith crisis are two different paths. And growing through one is all about cultivating a new habit where it becomes so easy to trust the Lord, to listen to love, and to manage ourselves to become Christ-like because it becomes our character, okay? So for example, in a faith crisis, okay, I've got to acknowledge a couple of things are like out of control here and that I, I can't handle. Apart from God, I am nothing. Apart from God, I can do no good thing. And even if you're angry with God, you can still bring that anger and that that expression to God. That doesn't scare God away. He doesn't turn off relationship with you. He doesn't turn away. You can bring that to God. And God wants to also help you process that and heal that and help you develop trust and faith and security and inner peace and contentment and, and just joy and develop the joy of the Lord that is your strength, right? If you bring it to God, he can transform it. There's a divine exchange that happens. I'm going to give you my anger, my frustration, and you're going to give me your peace and your joy and your wisdom and your counsel and your direction and your love to heal that part of myself that is unrenewed, that is not the new creation self, right? So it's, it's a cultivated sequence that happens from choosing again and again the path. I'm going to choose to meditate on what is lovely, pure, noble, and praiseworthy. I'm going to speak that over myself. I'm going to declare God's word over myself. I'm going to interrupt the patterns of fear in my life. I'm going to behave different in situations, in situations where I would react. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to practice patience. I'm going to remove myself from that space and then come back when I'm clear and I have inner peace so that I'm not reacting and creating a mess, right? It, this is cultivated. Just like I can choose fear. I can think thoughts of fear. I can engage them. I can dwell on them. I can live in them. I can constantly use my imagination to dream up the worst case scenarios over and over and over again. And I can continue to feel frustrated and angry and overwhelmed and stressed out and hopeless and victimized. And I can continue to behave like it and act like it and show up in the world like it. Or, or, and there is an or, (laughs) I can choose to partner with heaven. I can choose to develop a relationship with God. I can choose to renew my mind to love. Study about it. Read about it. Meditate on it day and night until that becomes, it moves up the scale of belief for me. Until that becomes more real for me, right? And then I'm going to start to feel different. I'm going to start to notice how I'm being led by God, how I have more peace in my being, how I'm being directed, and I'm going to behave like I am a loved daughter or son of God. And in doing that, I'm showing God to the world, and that's becoming my character. And the reality is no one is going to force you to choose love, but no one also can force you to choose fear. And this is what powerful people do all day long, even in crisis. Powerful people direct themselves to choose the counselor of love, 
moment after moment, situation after situation, day after day, week after week, year after year, century after century. (laughs) It's a ripple, right? And if you want to build a legacy of faith, you can choose to cultivate faith in your mind with your will, using your will to take thoughts captive, to interrupt the patterns in your mind, right? You can do that. So wisdom, simply put, is listening to the counselor of love, right? And you might think, well, people are going to take advantage of me and I'm going to be a doormat and whatever else might come into your mind, whatever resistance might come up for you. But the, the truth is, Jesus was not a doormat. He was not a doormat. And self-controlled people know how to get out of abusive relationships. They know how to get out of abuse cycles. They know how to break generational curses. They know how to raise the standard on the quality of all their relationships. And they require truth, respect, and honor from other people and self-control from other people. Okay? And the highest quality relationship you're ever going to get into is on the other side of deciding to be a powerful person over yourself, over yourself. And that is what a faith crisis gives you an opportunity to do, to become a powerful person in all the ways that you feel disempowered, that you feel afraid, that you feel insecure, that you feel vulnerable. God wants to make you whole. He wants to bring freedom and clarity and truth and light and love to those areas and eradicate the fear. But that only happens when you choose to partner with God. That is not something that you can do by yourself. And you do not get there just by self-awareness. You need the awareness of heaven. You need the awareness and the truth about who God is and who God says you are. And what your identity is. And what his promises are. And what you get to step into. Who you get to become. What is possible for you. That is what God wants to shower you with and remind you of. And and help you align with so that you can access that. and, And rule and reign in your life. And take dominion in these areas that have been limited. Or that you have felt felt held back in some sort of way. So winning the war with love and fear is commanding your own spirit to be Christ-like and to reset every day. It's cute to think that you can go to a sermon on Sunday or even just like partially listen to a sermon from home while you're doing eight other things and multitasking. It's cute to think that you'll become Christ-like that way. You won't. You do not interrupt a pattern that way, right? The reality is this takes work, this takes intention, this takes effort, and this takes a, a, a humility, right? You have to humble yourself. You have to admit that what you're believing is not the truth and that you've been partnering with lies. That can be uncomfortable. You have to humble yourself and, and recognize that you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And you don't know how to get somewhere, but that's okay because you can partner with the one who does, Right? And you have to humble yourself because you're not God. You're not God. And a lot of times we try to act like it and try to control and to push and to force and to manipulate, but that is not God. And that is not guidance from heaven either. But the beautiful thing is the residual buildup of training your mind, renewing your mind, repenting, and and turning from the areas that you haven't trusted God. You chose to lean on your own understanding and now you turn and you lean on God. You trust in God. You you submit your plans to the Lord and you allow him to establish your steps. You listen for his wisdom. You listen for his counsel. You listen for his guidance and you expect it, right? The residual buildup of that effort and that work is character. You become more Christ-like, right? So a lot of times, even in the messiest situation that you can think of, if you choose to view it as an opportunity to become more Christ-like, to grow in your Christ-likeness, to be sharpened, to be molded and shaped into his character, into his nature, right? That is something that is a beautiful becoming. That is literally activating different DNA in your being. So if you want to think about it like this as a visual, I learned this the other day that a caterpillar and a butterfly actually have two different DNA. You know what I mean? So a lot of times I I know I certainly did not think about a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. I just assumed that that was the same DNA, but it makes so much more sense to me that the caterpillar 
literally is only God is asking the caterpillar to be a caterpillar and he's asking the butterfly to be a butterfly. Okay. But the caterpillar sheds old DNA. He's given new DNA to turn into a butterfly. And if you think about that, that's true of a believer, right? Our old unrenewed sinful nature that dies when we are born again, when we accept Jesus into our hearts, right? And we're given that DNA. We're given new DNA to become the supernatural creation that God has in mind, that he formed, shaped, and anointed us to be. But that is something that we train. That is something that we program. That is something that we activate. That's how you spiritually mature. Spiritual maturity, right? And I call it self-mastery, where you're renewing your mind, where you're managing your emotions, where you're intentionally behaving and showing up as the creation that God put you here to be, that is training. That is training, right? You don't become a master randomly. You get really good at it by practicing it. So what I'm going to leave you with today, I hope this is guiding you down a path here. What I'm going to leave you with today is a, a practice that you can put into place to start shifting out of a faith crisis. And this is just a simple practice to check in on what your subconscious programming might be. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to write down, write down whatever lies that you've been believing. Okay. So just come up with at least three and you really want to go for what I call the kingpin. Okay. The kingpin is like the master lie that has been holding you back. And once you literally knock that sucker down. There's a ripple of all these other lies being, it's a domino effect. They all fall down too. Okay. But then the work will come in programming truth. And so I'm going to show you how to do that in a a very simple form today. Okay. So write down all of the lies that the enemy is trying to tell you when you're in a faith crisis. Okay. This isn't working. I don't have anything to offer. I'm not valuable. I'm not significant. My life doesn't matter. Whatever the lies are, what you want to do is you want to even get to the place where you feel uncomfortable, sometimes emotional. That's how you know you found it. Okay. So this isn't something just to be casual about. You want to eradicate this from your life. So you want to get to the lies. Okay. And often they're deeper than the first ones that we come up with, but don't overthink this. Okay. So write down at least three lies about your enemy, about your identity that the enemy has been trying to, to counsel with, counsel you with. So the counselor of fear is you believing lies. Okay. The counselor of love is you building up your faith to a point of conviction, to a point of knowing. Okay. So write down the lies. Then what you're going to do is you're going to write down three truths to combat those lies. Okay. You're going to write down the truth. What is actually true? Subconsciously, I've been thinking this, I've been feeling this way, and that's led me to show up this way or not show up at all. Right. But if I believe the truth, that makes me feel this kind of way and show up this kind of way. Okay. So you're going to do that. Write down three lies, write down three truths to replace the lie. Okay. Now the work is going to happen here. This is step three. You're going to take the truths that you wrote down and you're going to put them on index cards. You're going to write them down and you're going to write them out as I am statements. I am strong. I am courageous. I'm a child of the most high God. I am loved. I am supported, whatever the truths are. And you're going to have them as index cards. And I also recommend having a scripture verse too, that you're declaring over yourself. And what you're going to do is you are going to encourage yourself. You're going to literally pour courage into yourself. And you're going to prophesy over yourself for at least minimum, at least 30 days. Okay. Because you're going to tell, like, if you don't really believe it, you're going to just keep behaving and thinking the same way that you always did. Okay, and that is not the objective. You just wasted your time. What you want to do here is you want to, again, remember, faith comes by hearing. So you want to program your soul. You want your soul to hear you prophesying over it. Prophesy over your mind. Prophesy over your will. Prophesy over your emotions. I am strong and courageous. I am a giant slayer. (laughs) I was sharing with a girlfriend yesterday I loved when I heard about the word inspired. 
And what inspiration means, it means I am in spirit. I am aligned with God. I'm walking in the spirit. So for me personally, I know no matter what I'm facing, if I encourage myself in the Lord, if I start fanning the flame within, if I start activating God in myself, if I start activating God's DNA in me, right? Reading the word, declaring it over my life. And if I align with spirit in that way, if I welcome the presence of God into the situation that I'm in, I will shift it. I will become the powerful person that turns that situation around, right? So I just need to get in spirit. I need to encourage myself in the Lord to align with God, okay? So hopefully that's helping somebody. Now, when you declare these faith statements of truth out loud, your soul listens. Your soul listens. Your soul will start to recognize and make distinctions. Oh, yeah, this is true. That's not. And you know it's a truth if it makes you free. If it makes you free. Okay, so first step, write down three lies that you've been believing in this faith crisis. Number two, write down the three truths to replace the lies. And then number three is you're going to take those truths and you're going to put them on index cards. And I say index cards because you want to write it down. There's something so, so powerful in writing it down. But you want to be able to flash them before your face and program yourself. Okay, so it can be post-its, whatever, but you want to see this every day and intentionally prophesy and shower yourself with the truth of heaven every day for at least 30 days, okay, so that you can shift up your levels of relief from doubt, from fear, from insecurity, up to hope, up to hope where you're starting to believe the truth and up to conviction, to knowing, to assurance, to certainty, okay, and that comes when you partner with God. All right. So when you are in a faith crisis, yes, it is uncomfortable. But my encouragement to you on today is that if you grow through this, if you partner with God, you will become who God put you on this earth to be. You will renew your mind to the mind of Christ. You will feel inner peace and access the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding. You will, you will access the childlike wonder that you didn't think was possible to even tap into. You will really increase your energy level by unblocking the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. You will know that you are righteous in Christ and you won't have to perform and waste your energy trying to prove things. You won't try to perform for the opinions of man. You'll perform for the audience of one. You will just show up and be led by God because God's love will literally change you. You will allow your heart to be healed because you don't want that poison in your soul anymore. You'll choose to forgive. You'll choose to release the things that are not serving you so that you can truly become who you're here to be and access what God put you here to access. Okay, so there is so much hope. It may feel like things are falling apart. It may feel like you don't know who you are. It might feel like there's no one that you can listen to or count on or reach out to. You might feel like it is totally dark, but God will light up your life so that you can be a bright light and a testimony that this world needs for such a time of this as this, if you will choose to partner with him and grow through this with God's perspective, with God's process of transformation, which is renewing your mind. Because renewing your mind is changing who you are. It's cultivating a new pattern because that'll start to change how you feel, which will start to change how you behave and what you partner with in your life and what you activate. God can help you cultivate this new creation lifestyle that is available to you. So I just want to give you hope about that. You can learn to radically encourage yourself in the Lord. And it's really a faith crisis is a season where you learn to inspire yourself and start your own fire. It is such a blessing. So where you've looked to others to do that for you, where you've you know, really, really try to just follow after other people, you start to become this empowered, powerful person when you lean into this journey. 
rather than resist it. So that's what I want to encourage you with today. Yes, there's going to be resistance. That's how you build your spiritual muscles. So don't be surprised by resistance. Anytime there's resistance, there's something to break through and you can't have breakthrough and access new levels when there's nothing to break through. So that resistance is not a bad thing. Okay. So I just want to give you that perspective today. You can start with God training your brain, right? You really don't know how powerful you are and the spirit of God, good counselors, coaching, mentors, community connections, will help you become fully who that is and tap into what God's put on the inside of you. All right? So if you are also in a season where you do need some help and support in this area where self-mastery and learning to lead yourself, learning to build yourself as a powerful person, as an empowered person in the world that makes massive changes and decides to walk, to talk, to act as an example of what's possible. If you want help doing all of those things, make sure that you visit julianapage.com. Coaching is a tool and a vehicle that can help you get those results in your life. It can challenge the lies. It can help keep you accountable to the truth. It can help you get clarity and vision of the path that you are now being presented with and given the opportunity to walk. And it's something that there's there's so many wins every day. So it's a reminder of those wins too that you might be overlooking just because you've been trained to look at everything that's wrong versus what's right. So coaching is a beautiful method, tool, relationship that can help you unlock your potential. And I say unlock his and unleash his power in your life. So if you want to learn about that, if you want to to partner in that way, check out julianapage.com and stay tuned Well, actually, you can apply. I have applications open right now for the God's Vibes Mastermind. So I am taking applications for that. I am keeping that a sacred, tight community because we are going through all all the areas of our life where we want change, where we want transformation, and that can get messy. So I'm keeping that a sacred community, but there is so much freedom in this community. And if you want to be plugged in to a community that is intentionally aligning with God and getting God results in their life, the God's Vibes Mastermind is for you. You can find more about that over at julianapage.com as well. There's also books and other tools and resources there. So check that out. And until next time, stay blessed.